0: In the basement, rolling dice. I'm a wizard. When we play, we do it right. Candle slicker, fighting dragons in my mind, in my mind. Just four kicks. DM says you're gonna die. Roll Roll a D6. Roll a D6. Roll a D6. Hey, Dragons, welcome to episode 100 of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. I am your host, Kenny Rotter. Uh, and this is a very special episode because it is our 100th episode. So I'm very excited, uh, to be bringing this to you. Uh, and this is gonna be a little bit of a different episode. It's gonna be mostly, uh, it's gonna be just, it's just gonna be me. It's just gonna be me today. And I wanted to do that for a few different reasons. Uh, one is everyone always tries to do something big and huge and crazy for a hundred episodes, but I figured with what's been going on in my life recently, it would just be a good time to, to have a little bit of a, a one-on-one with all of you. So I hope, I uh, hope this, uh, hope you enjoy it. And yeah, so I guess we're just going to jump right in. Uh, I think, I think the layout I'm going to do for this is I'm going to, I'm gonna do a little bit of my workout nerd out, what I've been working out and nerding out on lately. And then I'll go into my toughest mutter experience and then uh, talk a little bit more about the podcast and what's been going on there. And if there are some silences, I just want that, uh, I just want y'all to know that that's because I'm either taking a sip of water or a sip of my beer. Uh the beer I'm drinking today is Highway 267 Session India Pale Ale from 5050 Brewing out there in Truckee, California. Love Truckee. My sister actually got married out there, God, six or seven years ago. So yeah. Uh, it's very it's enjoyable. If you like IPAs, it's a good session. It's a good what I call refrigerator beer, in the sense that it's one of those ones where You know, it's not really high ABV. It's just one of those good quality beers you throw a six pack in the fridge. And then if there's one evening, you're like, oh, you know what? I want a beer. It's a good beer to grab. All right. So, working out, nerding out. Well, I am about a week and a half from uh, when I did the toughest mutter. So, kind of last week, I've been chilling a little bit. And, but I did make it back to the gym, been doing a little bit of cardio uh spent about 90 minutes on the stair stepper one day. It was really funny because uh the machines next to me were completely full. And then as I was going, it just they emptied out, then they got full again, then they emptied out. So I thought that was pretty funny. I, I outlasted like seven or eight people on the stair stepper. That was a lot of fun. Uh and I found the key the key for me on the stair stepper or on the, uh, elliptical or on the recumbent bike is distraction. Uh, and normally that, uh, that really works for me in the form of video games. So before I used to play, uh, some games on my phone, uh, and that would really help out. Uh, and lately I've been just been taking my Nintendo 3DS and playing the Pokemon sun, I'm still trying to get all of the Pokemon on that one. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's like I've completed most, if not all, the tasks. There's a couple little things I can do here and there. But it's about like now I just want to complete the Pokedex, and that's next to impossible. So I'm working on that. I think I'm going to do a little bit more of that today. It is the 4th of July. Happy 4th of July, America. Um, I feel weird today on this 4th of July. Uh, not, I'm not in the super festive spirit, I guess. I think it's, um, I have some concerns. So, yeah, it's just, it's. You know, I'm not going to rain on your parade, and chances are, uh, by the time I get this up, you probably won't listen to it until tomorrow. So happy uh, July 5th, everybody. All right, what else have we been doing, uh, workout nerd out related? Like I already said, I've been playing a little bit more Pokemon Sun. Uh, really fun. I dig it. I dig it. Uh, I bought a Nintendo Switch, so that's getting delivered next week. Um, I figured that I'd been having such a blast with my 3DS that it's more... Having the portability, uh, is really, really helpful. So I'm excited to, to play with the Switch. Probably, I'd probably use it more in the portable mode than in the, uh, in the, uh, display mode or in the console mode. So yeah. Uh, let me know what you think on that one. Tweet at me or Facebook me on that. (sighs) Good beer, good beer. Also, Tomorrow, uh, Morgan and I have tickets to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp with The Reading Rainbows. I'm very excited about that. Been looking forward to that one since the last Ant-Man movie. And I, I'm i very curious as to where in the timeline this falls uh, with Infinity War. I think it's between Civil War and Infinity War. I don't know if it, if it happens at... After Infinity War, but uh, because the movie hasn't come out yet, here are my thoughts on what uh, it could be or should be. So we know that getting into uh, the Phantom, not the Phantom Zone. Um, you know, uh, I guess it could be the Phantom Zone or the whatever zone they call it when they go into the negative space. Um, I do. I think that has time travel capabilities. So I'm very curious as to see if um, if that is what gets us to Captain Marvel. Uh, I think it would be interesting to see uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp time travel. Essentially, essentially, towards the middle end of the movie, they figure out that, okay, they need to you know, contact Captain Marvel. I'm not really sure how that's going to work, especially because Samuel L. Jackson paged her at the end of Infinity War. If you haven't seen Infinity War, uh, it's after the three-day rule, so uh, go see it. Uh, Spoilers aplenty, you know? So, yeah. So, I'm very curious to... to see how they do that. My prediction is... um, they go into the, the negative zone or whatever it's called, um, time travel back to the 90s, tell Captain Marvel what's happening, and then um, that's kind of where Cap- the, mo- the Captain Marvel movie is going to pick up. Or Captain Marvel will be a uh, origin story so we can figure out how Carol Danvers comes to be, and it ends where Infinity War ends. I don't know, but these are my predictions, and I guess I will find out tomorrow. Anything else I've been doing nerd out workout-wise? I had the opportunity to read a couple more comic books. Um, oh, you know what? I've been reading a lot of books featuring protagonists that are not uh, straight white males, which has been a little eye-opening. Um, or they are nonfiction books uh, that highlight um, experiences that are not straight white male experiences. For example, I've been reading uh, a few things by Ta-Nehisi Coates, who uh, he's, he's written a couple Black Panther stuff. Um, but yeah, he's he wrote um you know what lem i'm actually going to try to find this right now currently i'm reading this book dietland by sarai walker uh really great book uh female protagonist who is um she's very overweight and it turns into uh why you know her struggles with losing weight but then it also turns into this feminist kidnapping uh, men like s- spy thriller type thing. So really great, really amazing book. Um, I actually would love, um, would love to hear from any women who've read it uh, how they feel about it because I just thought it was a very very interesting interesting book. Uh, I'll let you know when I finish it though. Alright, so Ta-Nehisi Coates, uh, he did The Beautiful Struggle, uh, and that's all about him growing up and going to college, uh, growing up kind of in, uh, in the ghetto. His dad was a general in the Black Panthers. Uh, re- like, he's just he's such an amazing author. His use of language and description and just really highlights the stuff he went through um, that I have no idea about. So, really great. Um, how to Kill a City by Peter Moskowitz is all about um, the dangers of gentrification. Uh, really, really awesome. Um, State of Affairs by Esther Perel. Uh, it's all about changing the views we have on infidelity and cheating. And, um, yeah, I, I just thought that was really interesting. It It does highlight how... Humans kind of, uh, humans kind of, uh, view infidelity. So yeah, uh, really, really, really good book. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been reading. What am I reading right now? Reading My Little Pony comics because I needed a breather. All right, so, uh... My toughest mutter experience. So for those that do not know what a tough mutter is, tough mutter is a 10-mile obstacle course mud run. Um formerly known as the toughest uh, obstacle course on the planet. Really great experience. The community is absolutely incredible. Um, I've often said that even though I've signed up for races alone, I've never run alone. I just run with teammates I haven't met yet. Uh, and it's very true. Everybody, everybody helps out everybody else. Um, a tough mutter, and so lately they've expanded into some competitive categories, and so one of those is toughest mutter, which is an eight-hour, five-mile loop that you run as many times as you can in eight in eight hours. I talked about this a little bit on the podcast. Um, Winner. Uh, gets $5,000 so it's not it's I mean it's obviously it's not Super Bowl money but it's definitely definitely a lot of money and and even though there's money on the line the community is still really great in helping everybody out I know some stories um, of people where like the leader was running and the leader still stopped to help people over obstacles uh, which is crazy because it's it, it could be that that helping that person over the obstacle is what separates you uh, uh, separates first and second, you know so there's $5,000 dollars to help someone. Uh, they're ridiculous, they're absolutely crazy. Uh, but that's the community and the community is great and the community will do that for anybody and everybody. Uh, I have had the pleasure of running a couple tough mutters with people who are easily, Over 230, 240, 250 pounds. Um, and you know what? They do all the obstacles they can. They skip the ones they can't, but, uh, I'm always, I'm always pleased to see people at least attempt almost every obstacle. So yeah, so toughest mutter, eight hours, five miles. When I got to the venue, um, I was a little nervous and, I, I didn't have anything. I was woefully unprepared. Um, everyone had these like really nice headlamps because you're running in the middle of the dark. You need a headlamp. Uh, and, they, and actually one of my buddies was making fun of me because I had a headlamp. Uh, the headlamps I bought were five for $10 off Amazon uh, and like had no what's called an IBX rating, which is how waterproof they are. So, (laughs) he was making fun of me for that, and I didn't know if the headlamps, uh, if the headlamp I wore was gonna last, was gonna last the entire race. But I figured, hey, that's why I have five. So, um, got there, I, we set up our pit area, um, set up our pit area, and, I'm, I'm, I'm standing there kind of like, like, all right, I'm ready to go. And we still have like, I don't know, two or three hours before the start. And, and everyone else is wearing different gear than me and like has different food to get them through the night. And everyone's like mixing these drinks and, and these powders. And someone has this thing called tailwind, which, Um, tastes delightful, but is like some sort of caffeinated endurance beverage. I don't know. Uh, but everyone is, is doing their rituals and this is my first one. So I have no idea what I need and, and, and I get it. Everyone was kind of, at this point, everyone's kind of monofocused. Everyone's kind of focused on them. Um, and getting ready for what they want to do. So at one point I go over to my friend Jessica and I'm just like, you know what? I'm not really feeling, uh, the community right now. And she's like, yeah, everyone's kind of, you know, you'll, you'll, don't worry, you'll get there. And, and she was right. I did get there. So it was, it was a matter of, of letting everyone kind of get settled, get their jitters out. Um, And then, you know, the family started coming together and laughing and, you know, talking and pumping each other up. So, it was was actually a really great experience. Oh, goodness. Um, But, let's see, how else was I unprepared for this race? I didn't have a windbreaker. Uh, Thankfully, there was not a whole lot of wind that night. But, my buddy Jay lent me his windbreaker for the evening. Um, which was really nice of him because he definitely did not have to do that. Um, but he lent me his windbreaker, and that was actually really, really helpful at least before the race started. All right, what else? What else? What else? So then we all move towards the start corral, and it's not like a marathon or anything where they don't separate the elites and the you know normal people. It's just everyone's in the corral and. Everyone kind of knows where they should be, so the uh, the elite people kind of go up towards the front because they know they're going to take off and just not stop, you know? So I was there. It's getting close to midnight. Everybody turns on their headlamps and their emergency flashers and glow sticks, and it's one of the most beautiful sights you've ever seen. Uh, our buddy Sean Corvell was doing the pump up stuff again, uh, getting everybody hyped to, to go. And then, uh, and then we all took off and watching all these heads and headlamps and lights just kind of go through this forest was, was really, really incredible. It was, it was just absolutely gorgeous. It's one of the most unique, amazing experiences I'd, I'd ever seen. So. Uh, for the first hour, uh, most obstacles are closed. Well, all the obstacles are closed. Well, most. There's some that are along the course that you can't help but go through, like, um, uh, like Pitfall, and there was a couple others that, you know, were just the natural terrain of the course. So, we, we, and the goal is really to get as many laps as you can before the obstacles open, because then if you fail it, you might have to do a penalty loop or, uh, you know, it's, it's going to take time to do the obstacle. So I was really hoping to get in uh, at least one and a half, excuse me, one and a half loops, maybe a little bit more. Uh, before the obstacles open, that did not happen. Um, my first loop took probably a little over an hour. Um, and there was one obstacle called rope-a-dope where you have to climb all the way to, uh, the top of this obstacle, of this rope, and then shimmy down another rope. Really, uh, really intense obstacle, especially, you know, two o'clock in the morning, uh, when the water is cold and, you know, uh, people have been splashing the rope, you know, already. So I was really hoping to pass that one, but I didn't. Uh, but luckily I did, uh, I did get through it, um, on that first loop or I'm sorry, on the second loop. So after the first loop, I didn't do any obstacles because they were all closed. Um, and you know, swung by the pit tent grabbed, grabbed some food. I actually ran into my buddy, uh, Joe Van Tassel. Joe is an amazing guy, JVT. And I was like, hey, I'm thinking about my wetsuit. You know, I I feel good right now. He's like, dude, pardon my language. He goes, get in your fucking wetsuit. Heat is a resource. Like, if you're even slightly chilly, you're going to need it. So I went ahead. I threw on my wetsuit. Um, started running again. I actually was getting getting pretty hot, but then about halfway through lap two, I was like, oh, God, I'm so glad I have this, especially because Arctic Enema um, was there, and I can just see, like, that wetsuit made that obstacle so easy. I could barely feel uh, the ice water. Whereas I'm sure that, uh, actually, I know, because on my feet, my obviously the wetsuit was not on my feet. I was just so cold. Like, the feet, I could just totally feel it. And I could only imagine if that was on the rest of my body. So, um, yeah. And then on uh, probably halfway, two-thirds through the second lap, I met uh, this other racer, Carrie. And she was awesome. Like, we were just kind of encouraging each other, talking a little bit, um, pushing each other a little bit further. And, like, honestly, like, that second loop, my toe started to hurt. Um, I started being like, oh, I wonder how, you know, started, those, those questions start creeping in, especially around 3, 3.30 in the morning. Um, and... So anyways, I finished the second loop, go back, get food. Uh, as I'm starting the third loop, Carrie's there again. And so we just start talking, and we're pretty much going through the entire loop together. Uh, and at some point, my toe stopped hurting, but my ankle and hip started hurting. And I was like, oh, God, how how how, how much more can I do Um, and it was intense. Like just the thoughts that are creeping in your mind. You're like, I mean, I had set a goal of, of, I wanted to do five loops. I wanted to do 25, 25 miles. And just the, the thoughts going through my head, you know, pretty much as soon, uh, the entire time during the third loop, I was like, ah, uh, am I going to get, am I going to get, my fifth loop and then it it became pretty obvious that I wasn't going to get that fifth loop, but I was very much like, you know what? No shame in that game. I can just stop at three. It'll be fine. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling well right now. And, and then, so Carrie and I finished the third loop we're on our way to finishing the third loop and we're just talking to each other. And I just said to her, I was like, I think we can get another one in. I think we can get another one in before the cutoff. It was about six o'clock in the morning at this point. And you have until, um, the, the race stops at eight, but you have until eight thirty to complete your, your last loop. So, 6 o'clock, like, we were averaging um two-hour loops. So, in theory, it should have been relatively easy to do it. But, you know, we were definitely slowing down uh towards the end. So, I was just like, you know what? 30-minute miles, while that sounds slow, it is slow, but after you've been running 15 miles and in the in the Boston woods in the middle of the night it's uh it's 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 difficult so she was like yeah you know what i think we can do it so we started out again um foot was hurting hip was hurting but i was just like you know what we can do this um started getting really cold so i was actually really thankful i had that wetsuit Really thankful I had that wetsuit, because I was freezing. It was so... There were parts where just my teeth were chattering, and they would not stop. Um, and that's when I learned uh, why surfers pee in their wetsuits, because it's very warm. Yeah, that happened. Everyone does it, so don't even worry about it. If you ran the Boston Tough Mudder on Sunday, yeah. Anyways, so... One of my favorite things that I love about Tough Mudder is um, whenever I see another competitor, whether they're passing me, I'm passing them, or if there's any like switchback portion of the race where you pass people earlier or later on the course, um, I will always offer my hand up for a high five and I'll be like, I'll just be like, you got this, ain't nothing to it but to do it. Um, and i had been yelling that for about six hours at this point. Um, everybody. uh, and I actually figured it might have been more needed uh in this race than in a regular tough mutter. Just because it's the endurance is so crazy. So as we're as we're getting ready, you know, Carrie and I, uh every time we hit a mile marker, you know, we check the time because we're like, okay, thirty minute miles, you know, this is how much time we have, this is how much time we have, we can slow down, we can speed up. Um and so that's how we were kind of marking, marking our pace. And we were doing, we were doing real well. I was, I was really impressed with us. Uh, we were kicking ass and taking names, man, seriously. So then uh, we get to the end. Uh, towards the end, we're about, I don't know, maybe a quarter mile to the finish. And there's this guy who just stops and he starts taking a video of everything uh, with his cell phone. And he and the video falls on us, and I'm just like, "Ain't nothing to it but to do it." And he just starts laughing, and he's like, "Holy shit, dude, it's you!" I was like, "What do you mean it's me?" He's like, "Yeah, I have been hearing you yell that at people all night, and it is incredible. And a lot of people owe their." Uh, their mileage to you because you were inspiring them. They looked like they were going to quit. Um, and then you pushed them just by, you know, giving them a high five. Uh, you pushed them the extra, the extra little boost. Um, and I'd already been feeling pretty emotional at this point. Just, uh, um, I've never been, uh, the, the type of guy who ever thought he would run 20 miles uh, in one sitting, uh, that was never in my, in my, uh, list of things that I wanted to accomplish in life. Uh, it was never, it was never really a, a goal I saw for myself. But, um, so I was already feeling emotional. And then this guy said that, and I just started, I just started getting teary eyed. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where, when I'm doing a race, I, I motivate people. I throw up the high fives, um, to help people, but it also helps me. Uh, I don't mean to, I don't mean to take this, this unselfish act and give it a selfish slant, but, um, there's numerous reasons why I do it. And number one is obviously to help other people, but it also gets me to push myself. It gets me Uh, pumped, it gets, when I'm focused on pumping other people up, I'm not focused on my own pain. So, so there's, there's, there's two reasons for everything, uh, is one, like, yeah, other people need it. They need that encouragement. They need that helping hand. And also like, I need that encouragement. I need that helping hand. And if I can give that to myself by helping others, I'm absolutely going to do it. Uh, also it's whether or not you're an elite athlete, you signed up for an eight hour, like race, like whatever motivation I'm giving people, it's already inside them. It's just what I can see, you know, and actually after, after the race, uh, Sean, Sean and I were having a conversation. I was telling him about this and, and I was telling Sean that he's one of the most inspiring guys I've ever met. And he was telling me, he's like, look, man, I just, y'all inspire me, you know, talking about the tough mutter community. And it's, it's very true. It's just, if I inspire people, if I motivate people, it is just because I am a reflection of what is inside them. Um, I am merely showing them what they already know about themselves. They just might not have it in the forefront of their mind. Um, it's there. it's there inside them and I'm just bringing it out which which I uh, uh, I love and I love doing. So so after we we're talking with this guy for a little bit, we hit up the finish and as soon as we finish, I just... I just started crying. I was so happy. I was, um, I wasn't in too much pain other than, you know, my ankle hurting a little bit and my, uh, my hip hurting. But other than that, I wasn't really, I wasn't really that, and that much, that much pain. Maybe, I mean, maybe I could have gotten that other fifth loop had I pushed myself a little bit harder but i don't know i i we finished at about 8:10 so i think we would have had to increase our output by a lot um to have made that fifth loop uh even at the start of the race but all my friends uh jessica and joey and some other people they just see me crying and they're like oh my god what's wrong what do you need And I'm just like, I'm just so happy. Um, and I, I mean, I was, I was really, really proud of my accomplishment. I was also happy that it was done. Um, like, that's not something I could do every day. So I'm, I'm very excited that, uh, that it was done. Um, and then, uh, and then came the fun part, which was all the carbo loading. Um, or all the, all the, <laughs> the re-carbo loading, the carbo reloading. And, and it was just eating everything in sight, Oreos and leftover spaghetti and cups of coffee and chocolate, uh, Gatorade, you know, uh, everything. And it was, it was really, really a wonderful experience and, uh, I absolutely loved it. Uh, and then I was dumb and caught a half-hour nap and went back out on the course because my buddy Kyle wanted to run his first Tough Mudder. Um, so, yeah, that was a thing that I did. Uh, and Kyle did great. Kyle loves it now. He's actually looking at doing the uh, um, some other some other races uh, this year, which I'm really excited about. I'm also excited to run some with him next year or the year after, uh, depending on how my surgeries go. So, yeah. So if you're thinking about a tough mutter, if you've been listening to this podcast and you're not up and already, um, doing some of these things, just do it. Dude, shoot me an email, Ken it Dumbbells and Dragons. Um, I'm, I'm doing so many this year. I will travel to wherever you are doing and I will, I will run it with you. Um, and if I can't run it with you, I will, uh, volunteer and cheer you on every step of the way. So, yeah. All right. Last but certainly not least, this is the 100th episode of the podcast. Um, It's a little bit of a bittersweet episode because uh, I am going to stop releasing podcasts every week. Um, I'm actually going to take a little bit of a break from the podcast. I have released... I have not missed a Wednesday. I missed last Wednesday, and that was the first Wednesday I had missed since I started posting podcasts in March of 2016. So it has been over two years, uh, and I haven't missed an episode, haven't missed a week. Uh, even though this is episode 100, we have approximately 152 episodes posted, uh, which is insane to me. That's absolutely insane. Um, that's like three every two weeks. Uh, and it's just, you know, um, we're talking about motivation and inspiration. And uh, there's so many other things that I have to prioritize right now uh, in my life. Um, I, am, I am working on career change, getting into politics. Um, that, that takes up a lot of time. And it's just one of those things is I'm finding it hard to make the time to record and release every week. And I think that's a good sign that I need to just step away for a little while. Um, I've been talking with some people. uh, A buddy of mine has shown interest in taking over and releasing it weekly. So I don't know what's going to happen there, but I'm, I'm obviously open to it. And then if interesting experiences or interviews come my way, I will absolutely uh, take time to post them. But when I first started the podcast, I made a promise to all the subscribers and all the listeners that I would post every Wednesday. And in the last two years, we've had holidays on Wednesday. We've had um, – uh, vaca- I've been on vacation a few times. But I always made sure that no matter what happened, a, a, a podcast always went up every Wednesday. So, So I'm very excited for what the future holds. Uh, even if it does take me away from Dumbbells and Dragons for a little bit, uh, but I own the the domain for like ever, and then the hosting is on Pinecast. So if you're starting a podcast, you should go to Pinecast. is like five bucks a month, so it's not like any of the episodes are gonna go away. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm excited to see what what's gonna happen in the future. And if you guys need anything, I will always uh, check my email. Uh, go ahead and shoot me an email, Ken at Dumbbells and Dragons. But until then, keep working out, keep nerding out. Um, I love you guys so much. This has been such a fun, amazing journey for me. It has been an absolute blast uh, talking with y'all every week. Um, I have met so many amazing people. Nick G, I was on his podcast last week. I shared the episode this week or last week on, on, on our feed. Um, uh, BJ Keaton, Void, Joe Hogan, um, Russ, Russ Emanuel is on a couple episodes. Um, it's also made me closer to some of my friends, Rachel Bolin, um, love you, uh, God, I'm trying to think of who else we've had on this podcast. Uh, Lindsay Treeten Ma, she's freaking phenomenal. Um Oh my gosh, I'm totally spacing. Oh, Chris Minnis. uh Lou Frigno Jr. Um uh oh, uh oh my gosh, I'm 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 blanking. Oh my goodness. Uh but yeah, we've had some amazing amazing people on the podcast. I've been so so blessed, um, so fortunate. I don't know why I used the term blessed, but sure, I'll be blessed. You know, whatever. Someone can bless me for something, I have no doubt. Um, But yeah, uh, Mandy and Kevin, uh, people from WEC, so many, so many comic book artists. Anna Leto, um, she's absolutely incredible. Uh, Dan O'Brien, um... Uh, some of the cast from my little pony. Cause we know that I love, uh, we know that I love my little pony, Emma Fife, um, Stephen Webb. Oh, that was a good episode. If, uh, if, if you guys are at all into Zen, uh, and Buddhism, uh, Stephen Wem is pretty, pretty awesome. Oh, Tom Albanese, uh, from charming. Like that short is absolutely fricking incredible. Um, so great. Loved it. Oh, Robbie Farlow. Uh, Robbie's the man. I, I absolutely love Robbie. Um, would love, yeah, I can't wait to meet him in person at some point. Uh, Stacey Nido. Oh, porn star, small hands. Awesome. Like, totally forgot about that one. Um, God, so many great people. Uh, Doug Coleman from Almost Better Than Silence, who brought us onto the network. Uh, oh, my friend Heather Bowdy in Tough Mudder Community. Love her. Um, She's awesome. Then, oh, God, uh, Morgan coming on numerous episodes. Uh, my friend Jess coming on a lot of episodes. Like, so much love for everybody. Uh, it's been such an amazing experience. Thank you all so much. And you know what? We, it won't be next week, but at some point, we'll catch you on the next one. Workout nerd out. When we play, we go all night, eating got Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, workout nerd out.